Welcome to our GRU podcast with IAIS Secretary General Jonathan Dixon. I'm Mary Frances Monroe from the Institute of International Finance, and welcome. Jonathan, I hope you're uh, keeping well, and we really appreciate your, your time today to, uh, to discuss uh, uh, recent events and how they are impacting the IAIS. A lot has changed in the past three months and since the IAIS annual meeting in late 2019. Uh, to start off, perhaps I'll just ask you, what are the key messages that you would like to convey to IIF insurance members during these challenging times? Well, thank you very much, Mary Frances. And uh, uh, first of all, uh, yes, who would have guessed uh, that things would have changed quite as much since we last met um, in Abu Dhabi? But first of all, just to wish uh, health and well-being to, to all of the IF members uh, and their families and their teams. It's certainly a very challenging time we find ourselves in. But I, I, I guess to share a few uh, key messages, I think one would be uh, that uh, certainly in times like this of a, of a global health and economic crisis, uh, we do believe the IIS has a unique role to play in, in helping to understand what are really global challenges and facilitating a, a global response. So uh, clearly an international association like the IIS has a, has a key role to play in that. Our, uh, our immediate focus uh, has, has really been on assessing and better understanding the impact. Uh, and as you will have seen, or your members will have seen, uh, quite rapidly providing operational relief uh, and flexibility uh, in regulatory and supervisory requirements for insurers uh, to help them to be able to better respond. Uh, I think our, our, our focus is, is now shifting to what comes next, uh, and particularly um, the role of the insurance sector as we move into this phase of thinking about how to contribute to recovery uh, in the real economy uh, and, and really understanding the important role of the insurance sector in this, in this regard. Um, and, and, and lastly, uh, I guess on this global response, just highlighting uh, the very active coordination with the Financial Stability Board, uh, the FSB and other standard setting bodies, particularly as many of these issues are, are cross-cutting, uh, cross-sectoral issues impacting the financial system. So that's that's the first message. Uh, I think, uh, secondly, um, one thing to bear in mind at the top of our mind as well is that really looking at the balance here and the important balance between uh, the objectives around financial stability, prudential soundness, uh, but also market conduct considerations. And obviously, in, in, in times like this of, of such acute need for policyholders, uh, policyholder interests remain uh, very important and I would say almost unique to the IIS um, amongst the standard setting bodies. I think we're very conscious that there are some very acute conduct issues uh, at the moment for, for the insurance sector as individuals and businesses look to the insurance sector for protection against uncertain times. And then lastly, I, I would uh, just maybe add some 
positive messages, if you like. I mean, uh, first of all, is that the, the the sector has entered this this crisis from a position of strength. Uh, I think bolstered in many ways by the work that has happened over the last 10 years in response to the last crisis. So uh, insurers are generally well capitalized. They have very sophisticated risk management capabilities. Many developed uh, in collaboration with, with as, as, regu- as supervisors thinking on these topics has evolved. So this should really help the sector as a whole to, to withstand the shocks from COVID-19. I mean, I think also to add that if you, if you look back in recent years, I think the insurers have also really stepped up their focus on, on market conduct issues and, and, and fair treatment of customers. Uh, and we've seen that in, in terms of the response, in terms of providing proactive flexibility and, 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 and measures to help policyholders. Uh, and lastly, I guess, in terms of positive messages, I, I think what we're also seeing is that this crisis is uh, forming quite an impetus for, for innovation, particularly around how to better cater for policyholder needs on things like new product offerings, digitization, remote working. So uh, this, this approach of being innovative and agile, uh, I think, is very helpful. And certainly supervisors need to make sure that they they enable that within their frameworks. Well, thank you, Jonathan, and and thank you for your leadership of the IAIS during these times. We'll return to a number of these um, issues as as we discuss uh, other issues. But what I'd like to ask on the preparedness issue, what what is your view? Uh, you mentioned that insurers are well capitalized, and uh, that's a very good thing going into a crisis of this nature. Uh, but what is your view as to the state of preparedness or resilience? Are there any additional steps that the industry could take in order to bolster operational resilience, perhaps? Yeah, well, uh, I, I think to start off, I think many of the, actually, many of the post-crisis reforms have helped to significantly uh, advance uh, risk management and increase resilience of the sector. So, uh, as you know, Mary Frances, we've um, almost uh, just in time, you might say, uh, completed the process of of significant reforms and updates to our insurance core principles and our common framework for the supervision of internationally active uh, uh, insurance groups or ComFrame. And those have been very heavy pieces of, of work over the last few years, but I think are really proving their worth in, 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 in times of, of crisis and helping to, to assist with uh, resilience. So these enhanced sets of both quantitative and qualitative requirements that were developed very much in collaboration and, and, and consultation with the, with the industry, uh, I think are helping a lot with resilience. But anyway, even even if the magnitude of, of this crisis may may well end up being unprecedented, I think we can bear in mind that insurers have been preparing themselves and supervisors have been preparing themselves for pandemics for a long time. So, as you know, most most solvency frameworks in, include pandemic uh, capital charges, including, of course, the the insurance capital standard that's uh, under development. We've spent a lot of time looking at strengthening macro-prudential supervision 
in particular through our holistic framework. And I think in particular that that includes enhanced uh, elements uh, taking into account recovery and resolution scenarios and, and orderly planning for, for crises. So there's a lot uh, that has been done, which I think will, will help us uh, in the coming months, the coming years, potentially. What could we be doing more? How could we be doing more to prepare? I mean, maybe some uh, areas of, of, of caution. So I, I, I mentioned already, uh, I think the need to ensure an appropriate focus on fair treatment of policyholders. So of course, financial stability is key and it's a necessary condition for the sector to play its role in, in economic recovery. But uh, this is also an acute time for reputational risk and focusing on, on the fair treatment of policyholders at this time will, will help, uh, I think, uh, that from building up too much. And I suppose one last point of course, is we don't know the length of, and the extent of what we might be facing in terms of, a, of, of an economic downturn. And this, this, this is happening in a historically low yield environment uh, in many areas of the world, which will, will exercise particular pressure on financial resources. So added attention to, to whether our stress testing and our scenario testing is adequate under these circumstances, I, th I think, is uh, another another area we need to look at in terms of increased resilience. Thank you. Those are all very important considerations, and I appreciate your sharing them uh, with us. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, the supervisory response. I can imagine that over the past several weeks, there have been a number of discussions among IAIS senior management. EXCO and IAIS members. What can you share with our members at the IIF regarding the current priorities for the IAIS and how these priorities may have changed to, to reflect this new environment? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as you can imagine, this has really absorbed us over the last, uh, uh, last two months. So a lot has, uh, a lot has happened since we, we had our last in-person uh, committee meetings at the end of February, really on the uh, on the cusp of what uh, became a dramatic change. But I'm very I'm I'm, I'm really very um, proud and impressed of the way that uh, the IAS and its leadership have been able to to, to pivot quite uh, agilely, if you like, to this to this new environment. Uh, in addition to all we've had to do in terms of uh, adjusting to remote working, it's been a very intense uh, period of, of, of adjusting our work program, adjusting our priorities, adjusting our focus. So our uh, IIS Executive Committee is, is meeting by teleconference every two weeks to uh, discuss developments and, and how we need to adjust. Uh, our focus at the moment is really almost, almost entirely on, on the response to COVID-19 and how we can help our members to respond at the same time, we've discussed adjustments to our existing uh, work program to provide uh, operational relief to insurers, to supervisors, uh, recognizing the demands at the moment, but at the same time being very conscious of not wanting to roll back reforms or, or, or roll back reforms that are uh, close to finalization. 
But you asked about uh, current priorities, and, and what I can say is, um, is to flag two things in particular. So the, the first is very much a focus on information sharing, if you like. So we have a, an information sharing tool where we've collected information on supervisory measures in response to COVID-19. Uh, it's pretty rich repository at this stage. Over 70 jurisdictions from around the world have, have, have contributed. Uh, and that's really helping with this foundational issue of, of uh, sharing information, allowing supervisors to understand what others have been doing and to learn from that and to, to build on that. And then secondly is a focus on risk assessment. Uh, and two aspects to that. One is, uh, and they're complementary. The first is our, our focus on uh, on the risk dashboard, which is really based on high frequency data, publicly available data to to understand hotspots in in risks in the global insurance sector. Uh, and that's complemented by the second element, which we've we've just finalised uh, and agreed on 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 timelines and and templates, which is a a, a targeted COVID-19 data collection, both from individual insurers and on a sector-wide level from, from supervisors that will be collecting on a, on a quarterly basis, which will allow uh, the IIS to have uh, direct uh, insight into the, to, to the global impact on the global insurance sector and to, uh, and to share that with our members. So this is, I think, really where we can add the value in that uh, many supervisors are able to understand the, the impact in their own jurisdictions. Really, we, we hope to uh, give a, a global view on what's developing, where the risks might be, and provide that to our members to, to add value to their own considerations on the risks. Thank you. Thank you. That sounds like a very, uh, very comprehensive project and I know that uh, our members are are working with IAIS members in order to get that uh, information compiled at the firm level. Uh, when yeah. uh, we were just uh, speaking uh, you uh, about the the state of preparedness and and other initiatives that uh, insurers uh, should uh, should focus their attention on uh, you did mention uh, rather prominently, conduct issues. And so I wanted to drill down on that just a little bit. As you know, the IIF has noted in a, a recent letter from Tim Adams to you and Vicki Saporta that the IIF has concerns about legislative proposals in some jurisdictions that would require insurers to cover COVID-19 claims that are not covered under the contractual terms of existing policies. And I just wanted to explore the view, uh, your views, uh, perhaps the view of the IAIS, if, if there has been an agreed view, on these, uh, on these really unprecedented uh, initiatives in certain jurisdictions. No, thanks very much. And this is a very important issue. And first off, to say clearly uh, for the insurance sector to play its critical role in, in contributing to the recovery of, of, of the economy going ahead, uh, the stability of the insurance sector is, is vital. So this is, this is an issue that has certainly been discussed uh, within the IIS leadership and our executive committee 
and what I what I can share is that uh, imminently, and I, certainly I hope by the time this podcast is published, uh, we will have uh, issued a, a, a media statement uh, on this particular issue. I can share uh, that the ISU is is uh, is that we would caution against initiatives seeking to require insurers to retroactively cover COVID-19 related losses, uh, such as business interruptions that are specifically excluded insurance contracts uh, and hence uh, unfunded. We're very conscious that requiring insurers to cover such claims when it's unfunded could create uh, material solvency risks. and, And certainly we've seen some very helpful statistics on on that and significantly undermine the ability of insurers to pay out other types of claims as well as uh, potentially ultimately threatening uh, policyholder protection and financial stability which of course could further aggravate the financial and economic impacts of COVID-19. So clearly uh, this is an issue and I think we're we're very supervisors are very mindful of this and and, uh, sending out a consistent message to um, to what's been shared in the IIF letter. At the same time, I, I think we are mindful of making sure that there is a balanced response in this regard. And as I touched on already, the importance of effective policyholder protection and fair tr- uh, treatment of customers. Uh, this is a matter of confidence and, and trust in our sector. So for instance, where a policy does in fact cover pandemic risks, it's important that insurers pay out such claims Uh, in a very prompt and and efficient manner. Well, thank you, Jonathan. We will look forward to the IAIS uh, response, and I appreciate your sharing uh, those uh, those reflections on uh, on this very complex topic. What I'd like to talk about next is, is how can the IIF and its members contribute to the work of the IAIS um, you mentioned the targeted assessment. I know a number of our members are, are, are working to uh, to develop some information in that regard. Uh, are there other areas uh, where we can be constructive in the work of the IAIS? Perhaps uh, is there an opportunity for, in conjunction with the targeted assessment, some some stakeholder input, uh, mm-hmm. some stakeholder discussion? Mm-hmm. I'd just, I'd yeah. just like to ex- explore that with you a bit. Absolutely, and thanks, Mary Frances. That's a very good, it's uh, a very good point. So, uh, of course, uh, first of all, as you said, uh, one very helpful contribution is, is, is to um, provide uh, that input in, in specifically to the individual insurer monitoring uh, element of our of our targeted COVID nineteen assessment, and we. We truly appreciate uh, support and the the input that we get from insurers and uh, your 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 members because we 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 realise organisations are, are facing multiple demands at the moment but uh, uh, we uh, we're happy that it's appreciated that this um, this information can really help have a global perspective on these topics and and I think. Uh, Put uh, put some of the domestic uh, issues into perspective. Uh, so that's that's very much appreciated. But but as you say, absolutely. Um, I think we 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 want to supplement that with discussion uh, and and qualitative uh, input as well. 
So absolutely, we're looking to see how we can adapt our stakeholder engagement uh, uh, forums and, and vehicles. So uh, we're very much hopeful that uh, in the in before too long, and, and, and certainly in the next month or two, we can put together a, 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 a if you like a virtual uh, stakeholder uh, engagement forum an exco dialogue uh if you like which um will have a particular focus on covid 19 uh and and hear from insurers uh their, their what they're seeing what their perspective is feeding into our uh exco deliberations and discussions so uh i very much welcome when the time comes uh, to have uh, active iif participation in that Wonderful. Well, we'll definitely look forward to that uh, that further dialogue and exchange of views uh, with with you and your members. Well, perhaps to to wrap up and come full circle a bit, uh, perhaps my last question would be: As we recover from the crisis in the coming weeks and months, what considerations would you like to see IIF insurance members keep top of mind? First of all, so we, well, we certainly hope for the best, and and, and hope we um, we uh, see uh, see recovery um, in in the coming months. But uh, supervisors, being what they are, uh, we also uh, prepare for the worst and uh, and prepare for the risks of a, of an extended downturn and, and the possibility of a deep crisis. So. Our minds are very much focused on that at the moment, as I mentioned, given the insurance sector's role in terms of protection against, against uncertain times uh, and their role as, as, as key institutional investors in the economy and in, in the financial market. Uh, we'll be paying, paying particular attention to looking um, what an extended downturn may may mean for this and and the ability of the insurance sector to continue to play its role in absorbing shocks to the financial system uh, and we'll be um, making sure that we we carry the message through to our discussions at the FSB level around uh, the insurance sector's vital role in the recovery of the real economy and making sure that there is a uh, appropriate focus on on the role of insurers uh, in 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 this coming period so that would be message number one uh, message number two so uh, as I mentioned before we've we've made uh, if you like immediate actions to provide operational relief to reduce the operational burden on insurers uh, I think as we as we start entering into the recovery phase, uh, we'll remain uh, committed to our existing reforms uh, that are currently being finalized or in the beginning of implementation uh, with with the necessary flexibility, uh, but also focusing on uh, additional important lessons that we will have learned uh, from the existing crisis, but also uh, lessons that these are reforms that would have been very helpful in the current crisis and that we need to need to push on with them but very much in collaboration with our uh, industry stakeholders and then last last point i i, I guess is just um as i said before trust and reputation of the insurance sector 
are paramount at this time. So the fair treatment of policyholders will, will certainly help deepen confidence and trust in the sector and, and contribute to, to a market recovery in the post-pandemic uh, uh, years as well. Well, thank you, Jonathan, and thank you for being with us today and sharing these very important observations. They've been very, very helpful in understanding uh, how the IAIS is continuing to to address the uh, the current crisis. And as I said before, we really appreciate your your leadership during these very, very challenging times. Thank you for listening to this uh, GLU podcast. You can follow our podcasts anywhere you access our podcasts. And this uh, session will also be posted on IIF.com. Thank you all very much.